This is Life Change Church in Muskegon, Michigan. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for giving us your ears while you mow the lawn, kayak, do the dishes, or sit with the knitting circle. Watch us on Facebook Live Sunday mornings at 9.30 or subscribe to the weekly podcast at mylifechangechurch.tv. This is Pastor Ron Rands. Well, today uh, we're going to be talking about desires that God can put on our hearts. We're living in a toxic time. And what I mean by that is it's chaos. There is um, disunity amongst one another, amongst homes, uh, amongst uh, doctrine. And today I want to share with you how important it is to get the right chemistry. And you know, um, there's times where I, my wife and I have been married for 33 years and it's been, it's wonderful. Um, I'm sorry, it's 34 years. Probably gonna be less wonderful now. But anyway, 34. We've been married for 34 years and there's times where it can be toxic if we're not thinking on the right thoughts. If we're not thinking about what he has in mind. We can get so distracted with all the things going on with our kids, our grandkids, or business, or the church, or just life. And so it's important to allow God's chemistry in our hearts. It's absolutely imperative to do that. And you say, well, pastor, how do you do that? Well, um, the point of it is, and, and the Lord really pricked my heart, I wanna demonstrate it today. And it's gonna be really weird for me, but um, later in this service, um, we're gonna quiet ourselves, and I'm gonna pray in front of you and um, to teach you how to get out of this toxicity that's going on. In Genesis chapter one, it's very clear that God created order out of chaos. And right now that um, we realize that God is not a God of chaos. God has never been a God of chaos. God is a God of order and his divine order. And you can read the word of God and you can find where God brings things back in order over and over and over again. And his plan is, is that he would be first. He would be first. And you'll find that every time where the enemy wants to create chaos is so that man can be lifted up and be the rescuer or the savior of mankind. God needs to be lifted up. He is the savior. He is Lord of all. And so Satan has a tactic, a scheme, a strategy to destroy, and he's created that, and one of those toxicities is even keeping us, the church, distant from one another. You know that there's chemistry that goes on, and when when my wife and I are together, there's chemistry. When we're together, there is chemistry. And let me tell you, the greatest chemistry that you can have is worship. The greatest chemistry that you can have unto your God is worship, in fact, so much so that we know that in the book of Exodus, and this is not what we're gonna talk about today, but it's a precedent for you to understand. Because God wants to put his desires in your heart, and the only way that you can do that, and he can do that, is when you get the right chemistry to hear. Because many times when you quiet yourself, all you do is, all you hear is the noise and the chaos that's going on in this world today. And that's Satan's tactic. 
You have to understand that Satan's strategy and tactic today is for you to quiet yourself and all you hear is the chaos that's going on around inside of you. That you, don't, you can't even hear God's voice. You, it's in, you need to hear God's voice in this hour. More than ever, always, but more than ever today. You need to hear his voice. The Bible says, my sheep know me and hear my voice. This is God speaking to us. We need to know, and so today, how do we do that? And I'm gonna try to share with you how you can hear that. When we have a police officer that's right in our audience today, and then all over our nation, and they're going and and they're wanting to, you know, get rid of our police officers, why? Because they want, Satan wants chaos. And that the church is literally a place that our job as a church is in a spiritual policing of what's going on. We, through our prayers, through God's divine order, we keep the chaos at bay. In fact, if all you got to do is read the book of Revelation and you're going to see what happens when the church leaves. For this world only lasts seven years because there's so much, say it with me, chaos in the book you know Genesis chapter 1 the very first few verses we see that God broods over the chaos and in the last book of the Bible it talks about seven years of chaos and that God's going to bring his divine order again and everything in the middle of it is God's holiness trying to get rid of chaos whether it's in a marriage whether it's in parenting whether it's in a social you know economic situation God is always trying to bring divine order so that the world world can see how great God is. And so God wants to do that on an individual basis, on a marital basis, on a parental basis, and on a corporate basis, and certainly in a church basis. This is who we are. We're his church. And we need to have his divine order upon our hearts. And we need to listen to the desires of God inside of our hearts. And we're going to look at Psalms 81 versus Psalms 37. And God says, because they would not listen to me, because they had stubborn hearts, they were listening to everything that was going on around them, God says he let them go to the desires of their own heart. Or Romans chapter 1, it says, even though they knew who God was, they would not worship him. He gave them over to a reprobate mind. It is time for us to understand that God doesn't want to give us over. God wants us to have his desires. We're to be occupying his space of his plan in planet earth. That's who we are. We're his church. We are his answers. We're his stars that light up this dark sky. Instead of going over there and just looking and going, well, why aren't they doing something about it? Why aren't they doing something about it? You are, you literally are designed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with his desires, and that the things that you would speak, the things that you would pray, would be the plan and design of God. That's who we are. Amen? I want to share with you guys, in 1 Samuel chapter 7, we're going to kind of study, because, you know, the Bible gives us this king, King David, who has a, the heart of God, in which means he has the desires of God in his heart. That's what that means. When it says he has the heart of God. So if I were to say, man, you got the heart of God. Or woman, you got the heart of God. That means I could say that you have God's desires in your heart 
for your marriage, for, for your church family, for your neighbors. You have the desires of God. And the, and the only way that that can happen is if you upload it, because see, in and of yourself, without God, you're a hot mess. Amen? And if you start, distance, you start social or spiritually distancing yourself from God, you're going to get, I don't care how strong you are in God right now, you will become a hot mess. You'll become chaos unto yourself. Amen? And so that's why it's so important for us because David is a man after God's heart. He's a man full of God's desires. And the only way that he became that way is because he was a worshiper. He was one who would take in. And he was, not, all the chaos that was around him, and it was chaotic. His own brothers went over there and literally wanted to set him up to lose. His own dad didn't even want to recognize him because he's just, all he is is just kind of a choir boy. And he goes, go there and take care of the sheep. He's not a warrior like his other sons. He's the youngest and he's just, you know, he's the baby of the family. And then his own father-in-law tries to kill him. So David is always around this chaos, but God gives his desires because he is always uploading because he's a worshiper. Everybody say worshiper. He's a worshiper. That's what we're trying to create inside. And you know, you don't need praise and worship music to be a worshiper. You don't need to have a great band to do that. You don't need to have a great church to do that. A worshiper can be, David did it all by himself. You know, I, and I pray that today you can learn to do that so that when we, when you're doing it all by yourself and then when we can congregate together, man, it just becomes a, just a chorus unto our Jesus. In 1 Samuel chapter 7, I'm sorry, not 1 Samuel, yeah, 1 Samuel chapter 7. So the men of kirjath Jerem came to get the ark of the Lord. They took it to the hillside, home of Abinadab, and ordained Eleazar, his son, to be in charge of it. The ark remained in kirjath Jerem for a long time, 20 years in all. Now the ark represented the presence of God. During that time, all Israel, this is where America's at, this is where the Church of America is at right now. During that time, all Israel mourned. During that time, the church mourned because it seemed the Lord had abandoned them. That's what's going on. We're mourning, sensing that we feel like, where are you, God? Where's the God of America? Where's the God of our churches today? We're mourning the presence of God. Where is he? We're going to talk about that today. First Chronicles chapter 17, verse 1 says this. When David was settled in his palace, this is the place where I always want to get, and I'm, and I, I'm not. When I'm settled, when I'm settled in the place that God wants me to be, many times I'm just agitated, or I'm responding, or I'm reacting. I'm not settled in the place that God wants me to be. This is what I want you to remember. When you're settled in the place, that's where God is going to speak into your hearts. He summoned Nathan the prophet. Look, David said, I'm living in a beautiful cedar palace. And, and it says, but the ark of the Lord's covenant is out there under a tent. Nathan replied to David, do whatever you have in mind, for God is with you. But at that same night, God said to Nathan, go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord has declared. You are not the one to build a house for me to live. I never have never lived in a house from that day. I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until this very day. My home has always been in a tent, moving from one place to another in a tabernacle. Yet no matter where I have gone with the Israelites, I have never once complained to Israel's leaders. 
The shepherds of my people I have never asked. Why haven't you built me a beautiful cedar house? Now go, say to my servant David, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I took you from tending sheep in the pasture, selected you to be the leader of my people, Israel. I have been with you wherever you've gone. I've destroyed all your enemies before your enemies. Now I will make your name as famous as anyone who has ever lived on the earth. And I will provide a homeland for my people Israel, planting them in a secure place where they will never be disturbed. Evil nations won't oppress them as they have done in the past, starting from the time I appointed judges to rule my people. And I will defeat all your enemies. Furthermore, I'll declare that the Lord will build a house for you, a dynasty of kings. For when you die and join your ancestors, I will raise up one of your descendants, one of your sons, and I will make his kingdom strong. He is the one who will build a house, a temple for me, and I'll secure his throne forever. I will be his father. He will be my son. And I will never take my favor from him as I took it from the one who ruled before you. And I will confirm him as king over my house and my kingdom for all time. And his throne will be secure forever. Verse 15, so Nathan went back to David and told him everything the Lord had said in a vision. Then the king David went in and sat before the Lord and prayed, Woe am I, O Lord God, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? So today's message could be preparing a place so that God can put his desires in your heart. Are you getting yourself prepared so God can you, I want your desires to be in my heart. Not my desires, not even an answer to the chaos that's going on. I want your desire to be in my heart. How can I do that? And well, today I want to study, if we could, um, a little bit about David's journey. Because see, David, much like us, makes a lot of mistakes. In fact, what I, I, as I was doing this study this week, and this is what I love about the Bible, you can never, ever stop learning. And the Lord begins to open up more and more of his box of understanding. And that happened to me this week in this particular history lesson. Now, I had known that, you know, David was um, longing for God's presence. But what I didn't really think about is, why didn't King Saul get the ark back? I never thought about that. Here's King Saul, and the ark of the covenant has been in this uh, house of Eleazar for 20 years. Why didn't King Saul want the ark to come into this presence of the kingdom that he was ruling? Why did he just have it? Oh, and by the way, I didn't really know that King Saul was related to Eleazar. It's his grandson. Now it's even getting a little bit dicier from my heart. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, God, you created a place for King Saul to see. I mean, I am very involved with my grandkids. I love my grandkids. And so you put one of your grandkids on this planet Earth, on King Saul's planet Earth over here, so that he could see God's blessing, God's hand, God's ways, so that there would be a place for King Saul to want that to come into the kingdom but that's not what King Saul did and we don't really know why he didn't do it whether he was an insecure man which we know he was or he, he just thought well it's good where it is we don't know or maybe he was fearful because the last time it where it was in the Philistine camp and it was doing all kinds of havoc over there because the Philistines weren't ready for the presence of God we don't really know all of the details about it but one thing we do know is that King Saul didn't ask for it 
And King David did. And God said that King David was a man after. So I can definitely determine that I shouldn't want God's presence distant. I should want God's presence close. If I'm a man or you're a woman after God's heart, then you should want his presence close. And King Saul kept it at a distance. And you know what? God was definitely giving him an opportunity, definitely giving him an example of wanting, he should be longing for it. And so how do you say, how do you know that, Pastor Ron? Because it was in Abinadab's house. Now, Abinadab is King Saul's son. In fact, when you find out that King Saul had died fighting the Philistines, that Jonathan and Abinadab, and I don't remember what the other son's name was, they had died out there, all of them, in the Philistines' war. Abinadab was one of them. And Eleazar is Abinadab's son. So now, when you find David, now, I want to get to King David if I could for a second. Let's pass for King Saul, should have longed for God's presence, should have wanted God's presence. Let's just move away from that, and let's move into David. Because see, what, you know what a lot of us do? What we do, is, what we do is we examine the past, and then we just jump to conclusions. We, we have a word for that. It's called presumptions. And then we just think, well, it worked before, it'll work now. So again, I love this history lesson because I learned so much this week about things and I, got, I was starting to watch it and look at I'm thinking, I get David what he did, but he was just operating out of this and not this. Even though he was a man after God's own heart, isn't it easy to get really in touch with this? And so what does David do? Well, he did what you do. He goes over there and examines to see how did the ark get to Eliezer's heart place? Well, through a cart. He didn't examine God's way. He examined how it went there, how it got there. And some of us, sometimes we're just examining the way church is or church was, and we just keep going through the motions, not even asking if that's what really God wants. Or maybe this is the way your mom and dad had a marriage or somebody else had a marriage, and we just kind of go through the motions, not even asking that's what God wants a marriage to be or parenting to be, or a church, whatever it might be. So here's what David does, like you and I would do, so I'm not judging David. He goes, he goes over there and orders a cart. And, and, I, and again, this history lesson, he picks these two guys. I never knew why he picked these two guys, Ohio and Uzzah. I never would know why he picked these two guys. Well, it makes a lot of sense when you study it. Ohio and, 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 we, Ohio and Uzzah, are Eliezer's brothers. And guess what? They're still King Saul's grandsons. Yeah, it gets really quiet in here. It got really quiet in my heart too. So David is trying to grab at things he doesn't understand. You see, wait, wait a minute. God allowed the cart to get from the Philistine camp to Eliezer's, heart, Eliezer's house. He raises him up. And then he says, I'm just going to pick these two brothers because obviously they're in a priestly ministry. So King Saul has these priestly ministry going on. How did King Saul's heart wander off? Because King Saul got involved with the chaos. And I'm going to tell you something. A lot of you right now are getting involved with the chaos. Church family, a lot of you get involved with the chaos. Stop it. Get involved with God's heart and his plan right now and his desires. Stop talking about the chaos. Start talking what Jesus wants to do. What is he doing on your hearts? What is he speaking into your heart? 
What is he planning? This should be the day, the greatest awakening that every person should be having inside. God is present in hearts today. And so what happens is, is that, and we study it and we find this in 1 Samuel and in 1 Chronicles, we find out that it didn't end well. Uzzah, who's got this ark on a, uh, on a, uh, a cart, and, the, and the, the oxen stumble, he puts out his hand like you would do to, you know, stable the, uh, stable the cart and dies right there. Perez Uzzah, he dies right there. And David, and we're not going to go through this moment, you study it yourself. David gets mad at God, gets mad at the situation, gets fearful of God, instead of really understanding what's going on because he's not doing things in divine order. He's, all he's doing is answering to the chaos with the best his mind's got. Many of you guys are doing the same thing. He's answering to the chaos with the best thing his mind has got to offer. He's not studying God's word. He's not studying God's plan. He's not studying God's design. And then all of a sudden, because it doesn't come out the way he wants to do it, he gets mad at God. Instead of going over there and recognizing he's part of the chaos now. And all of a sudden he says, fine, must be that. And then the Bible says, we, we just read it. All the people mourn, where is God? And what I love about this moment is this, is that David doesn't stay there. This is where I want you to do it. Don't stay there. Say, God, I'm sorry for being frustrated. Sorry for getting involved with the chaos. Sorry for my mind even getting involved and trying to fix it. Father, write your ways. The Bible says in Jeremiah, said he would write in these last days, he'd write his ways in our hearts and his thoughts in our heart. Father, write, start writing. I need, I need you right now. I need you this hour. This world needs you this hour. My marriage needs you this hour. My kids need you this hour. The church needs you this hour. Write your ways on my heart, God. Write your ways on my heart. And then he begins, begins to do that. And what happens, this is what I love about this, because David doesn't stay frustrated. David doesn't stay involved with the chaos. What David does is he starts recognizing. The, it says that the ark stayed, and, and then for 70 more days, 70 more days, David was confused. And then he goes, wait a minute. I know who God is. This isn't who God is. My God is a God of love and power and order. He wants to be close to me. He wants to be close to his people. He wants his plans. He wants his desires. Number one in your study guides, preparing a place for God in your heart and his desires. Are you preparing that place? Every Sunday morning we begin to have praise we start out so that our hearts could get prepared for his word and his truth. Number two, inviting God in will bring changes in your heart. You know, this isn't something that you did 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 days ago. Inviting God in your heart is every day. God, I need you every hour, every hour I need you. I need you in your heart and your love. I need your ways, God. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it captures this text I'm trying to share, this thought I'm trying to share with you. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. Of course the world's going to act crazy. Of course it is. They're obeying the devil's voice, 
but you, you're obeying God's voice because you know God. Obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is a spirit that works at the hearts. Look where we're at. The devil works on hearts too, people. He is a spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires. There's those desires I'm talking about. There's desires that Satan has to follow, and there's desires God has to follow. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God, but God, but God is so rich in mercy. He loved us so much that even though we were dead, Because of our sins, he gave us life. When he raised Christ up from the dead, it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he has raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us. Where does he seat us? In heavenly realms. You know, when we get in God's presence, when we get into that place of worship, we get into that place where he begins, we're seated with him. It's like seating right with God in a place of counsel and you're just worshiping him and the next thing you know, just like he did, he's, he goes, Ron, I wanna show you some things today in my word. And all of a sudden my heart just lights up and I'm thinking, why King Saul, didn't you see this? Your grandson was literally living in the presence of God. And then it becomes painfully clear he was so afraid of, the, of his enemies. He was so afraid to fail. He was fearful of the people that he was leading. And, and as subject, my, I find myself sometimes just as afraid of leading the church or leading my home. Fear tries to grip my life just like it does in King Saul. And I'm so thankful that there's a King David that God wants to raise up in every one of us. And the only way that that can raise up is if we will quiet ourselves, quiet the things that are going on around our lives and listen to God and let him speak and let him work inside of our hearts and he will write the desires of who he is in our hearts. Number three, God will put his desires, he'll put his purpose, he'll put his plan, he'll put his design in your heart. But you'll need the peace like we talked about last week. You'll need the peace of God for that right timing. Some of us get so caught up, we want God to move now, or we want what we feel God's gonna do, and we want it now. In Psalms 81, I referenced it earlier, but no, my people wouldn't listen. Israel did not want me around, so I let them follow their own stubborn desires, living according to their own ideas. Now here's, let's let's look at the exact opposite, Psalms 37. Take delight in the Lord. Take delight in who the Lord is. And he will give you his heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust in him and he will help you. um, I talked to you about the carts. We're just about finished here. I talked to you about the cart earlier. I am so guilty about what I'm about ready to share with you. So no way in the world would I ever judge this statement or this activity. And I remember one particular pastor, I had shared this prophetic word to him. I said, you know, you gotta stop doing things for God and start doing things with God. And I'm guilty. Many times, I love my daddy in heaven. I am most guilty of doing things for God because I don't many times wait to do it with him. And I look in the word of God and I love the Bible because it's so inclusive of people that are just as foolish as me. Moses, it was in his heart 
to be the deliverer. So what does he do? Start 40 years earlier, start, jumps ahead of God and makes the biggest, or Jonah goes, I knew what you wanted to do, so I just sailed the wrong, the other way. You know, and, and so many times I, I look and the scripture is, is clear. And David, I just referenced, David wants God's presence. In fact, in, I didn't get to it because I didn't have time to it, but it literally references where he got in front of God's people and inquired, he says, don't we want this? And the people said, yes, we want this. And then instead of inquiring how or timing, he gets the ark. Now, can you imagine that, you know, many scholars say that that was probably 30, 40,000 people that he um, got in front of and then asked them, hey, do we, we want God's to come in, you know, God's presence to come home. Can you, and then, and then Uzzah dies. Can you imagine being the king and having to pres- and say, look, the ark's not coming. You're the one that presented the idea. You're the one that presented the thought. You're the one that presented the plan and design. And it fails miserably. And now you've got to get in front of those 30 or 40,000 people and go, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I, something's wrong. I, did, I'm, I'm, I messed up. And he lived in that place for 70 days. You know, I, I've, I've sometimes, I've, some of you right now have lived in that place for a lot longer than 70 days. The one thing I've learned about God is this. God is a God of second, third, bazillion chances. Stop living in yesteryear or yesterday when God wants to write on your heart today. Behold, I want to do a new thing and I want to write it on your heart. I want my ways and my thoughts. They're higher than your thoughts. They're higher than your thoughts. They're higher than the craziness that's going on in your life. And I will raise you up in this hour and do my great things in your life. I will move on a a heart that's yielded to me. And David finds himself, I I want God, he humbles himself. Can can you, I mean, it's hard enough for me to to say and say, honey, I'm sorry, I, I, I messed up. Or church family, I'm sorry, I messed up. David does that in front of thousands of people. He said, I messed up. That's David because he says, you know what? I already messed up in front of you, God. Why does it matter about all mankind? He puts God in front of man. So it doesn't even bother him to say it in front of people when he's already had to say it in front of his daddy in heaven. That's what makes him a man after God's heart. And David, 70 days later, and says, you know, um, guys, Gals, I messed up. I w- I'm the one that got ahead of God. And I, I, I jumped. Some of you guys got ahead of God in a business thought. Some of you got ahead of God maybe in, in, you know, in your marital um, ceremonies. Some of you got ahead of God when it comes to, you know, to maybe um, relationships. Or, or maybe you got ahead of God of believing for um, your healing, whatever it is. You got the, that cart going. Instead of sitting in his presence. And the last point I want to make is here, number four, God knows how to speak into your hearts. You know what? Uh, David wanted um, to build a, a temple for God. I know that's kind of where we started in First Chronicles 17. He wanted to build a temple. And I don't know if you caught it, that, you know, Nathan, his, his friend, the prophet, he says, do whatever you want, man. God's with you. 
do whatever you want. You know, and that kind of references a lot of like the disciples. They marveled, they says that they go, man, we really don't know you bunch of fishermen and you know, uh, you, you backwoods people. I really, guys, I don't really get you, but man, I can tell that God is with you. Man, I, wouldn't it be cool if that's what people said about us? That you know that they, they could reference everything around our lives and everything, maybe where we worked or you know, education we had, but it didn't matter. But they could tell that you've been in the presence of God. Because God's glory, his ways are literally chemistry through your life. Will you get God's chemistry on you so that he can write on your hearts his desires? We talk about chemistry all the time. I mean, there's, there's, there's dating, uh, crazy dating things you can get on the internet and they all talk about chemistry. Well, if humans can have chemistry, where do you think that came from? God invent, humans didn't invent that. God did. And it was supposed to be first for him. Everything is supposed to be first. So whatever chemistry that we're having humanly was designed first of all spiritually. And then this was secondary. And then you know what? This gets right when this is right. When this is right. So I want to pray, and I'm just going to, um, I, I'm, what I'm going to do, and I've not, this isn't rehearsed. <laughs> um, God spoke to me this week. The disciples asked Jesus, they said, Help us how to pray. I struggle with this because I think, who am I to get in front of you and teach you how? But who am I if I don't? And so what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna quiet. I want this place to get a little quiet. If we could, I don't know if you guys can, I didn't ask you to, but I'd like just a little praise and worship, quiet. And then I'm just gonna pray. And, now, and here's the thing is that you don't have to do it um, exactly like, but the Bible says Jesus taught them while praying. And you're never, you're never gonna have those desires on your heart until you learn how to do this, okay? So, um, and then we're gonna worship our God and, and hopefully you guys will find and get caught up in that place with him. I, I, you know, this, that's, his, that's the magic God does. That's the chemistry God does. My job is to prepare a place for God to work in. It's not my job to make him work. I just want to create an environment where he can work. And I'm doing it as best I know how. So let's quiet ourselves. Would you bow your heads? Father, I just worship you. I'm so thankful that you called and talk to me and Lord that me being a sinner me being a person that just constantly when we talk about the cart before the horse I, I see it with David how many times I've made that mistake over and over doing things for you and not with you God I, I ask you to forgive me for that cleanse me from that nonsense 
And I thank you for this word that is as much for your people, but it's just as much for me. I thank you that you love me. You love us. And that you long to talk to us. Lord, I, I pray that you would continually, don't let that bother you guys, just listen. I pray that you would continually hear. Father, I pray that you would speak into our hearts. I pray that you would write your ways and thoughts on our hearts. I ask that there would be things that would be removed from our hearts, from my heart. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, that it's you that's greater. I lift you up over all. Your majesty is greater than all the crazy chaos that's in our nation. Lord, your love and your mercy are greater than all the sin that's, Lord, all in front of my face and all the billboards. And Lord, I pray that my heart just, that you take my heart, you take our hearts, and that, Lord, you would, Lord, somehow, Father, vacuum them into your hands. I want to be in your hands, Jesus. I want to be in your throne room of presence. I want to think on your thoughts. And Lord, I pray that the things that I would say, the things that I would act on, would bring some way, express who you are. I love you, Lord. And I'm sorry, Father, that my love is clouded. I'm sorry, Father, for many times, Lord, that I get off track and distracted. And that things of this world, Father, sometimes just seem to get so, Lord, so cluttered in my pictures. I'm sorry, Father, for sometimes the vocabulary that I get caught up in the affairs of this life, God, that somehow distract my life. I repent, God. God, I pray that you touch this nation, this nation under you, God. God, I pray right now that your angels commission and mission your, Lord God, I pray your warring angels, Father, go on behalf of this nation and the patriarchs that prayed, Lord God, for this nation to become in birth. God, that this, you'd raise this nation up, Father, to police, Father, this world, to show who you are, Father. And Father, I pray that the church, God, I pray that the church would rise up again. I pray that we would rise up. God, I pray that it, Lord, I pray against passivity in my own life. Looking for another leader or another pastor to do it first. God, I pray that here we are send us into our community, into our hospitals, God. God, into our courts. Father, into our churches, into, the, Lord God, the supermarkets, Father. I pray that you would rise up and speak and declare who you are. We love you, Lord. Love you, we love you. I need you, God. I long, Father God, for your presence in my heart. 
Like the day I got saved, Father, when it just, everything else didn't matter. All that matters is I wanted to serve you. All that matters is I wanted to know you. All that matters is I wanted to have your forgiveness in my heart and be cleansed from me. God, I want to turn to my first love every day. I want you to stand up with me, would you? I want to have you pray this prayer with me and then we're going to worship. Would you raise up your hands? The Bible says that my people would lift up their hands, one without doubt, one without frustration. Lift up your hands with me and let's pray this prayer. Say, Father God, I ask you to move in my heart. Forgive me, God, for the distractions. I pray this moment, seal your Holy Spirit in my heart. I may know your voice. I may follow it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship him. You are listening to Life Change Church with Pastor Ron Rands. If this message encourages and inspires you, pass it on to someone else. You can find weekly episodes on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts under Life Change Church Muskegon. When you share it to your social media, be sure to tag us at Life Change Church. For prayer support and more resources, visit mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer.